Welcome to Linux Link Radio by Timesys, a podcast for embedded Linux developers. Hi, uh, welcome to our first podcast. We're going to be doing, uh, I think we're calling this Linux Link Radio. I think it's with the official marketing guys, say it belongs on this uh, So, and which welcome. We're going to be doing some podcasts over the next couple of weeks. Uh, I'm Gene Sally. Um, you've probably been, uh, maybe you've attended a webinar of mine, uh, and I'm here with Maciej Halosh. Hi, guys. Uh, as Gene uh, said, uh, you've been probably uh, victimized uh, by one of our webinars in the past, but uh, we, ho- we hope to actually catch your attention for a few more um, uh, well, weeks, months, years uh, with those very interesting episodes of podcast. Yeah, we pick podcasts because we know a lot of people get the, the webinars and they can't either see or hear part of it, and then we have trouble getting the whatever sort of information that we want to get out to our users. Uh, one of the things we do at times is, and, and we like doing it because we think it helps our customers uh, do the right thing, is just get general information out about embedded Linux. I mean, for us to succeed as a company, we need to make sure that our customers pick embedded Linux because it's the right solution for them. Right, and uh, the the way we actually do that in a, during the webinars, well, has some of the limitations that... Um, well, we hope to overcome with podcasts, um, the, the interaction part of it, and uh, later on uh, with uh, one, like probably a few weeks out, we'll start um, answering to uh, some of the questions that we hope to get from you um, as a feedback. So uh, we intended to be uh, as interactive as possible, and uh, well, um, so having said all that, uh, we're looking forward to... Uh, hearing from you uh, via email, via phone. Uh. Yeah, I think at the end of this, the, the guys I'm marketing, again, they're going to stick a little thing, trail on the end, they'll give me an email address, and probably on our website where they're trying to push people to subscribe to the podcast, you'll see an email address there. So yeah, so by all means, let us know. I mean, one of the things that I would be really happy with is someone wrote in and said, hey, you're doing it all wrong. Uh, and I think that would be a, a, a huge help to us if we got some suggestions on how we can make yeah, and, and some time please, better Yeah, and please add Gene's name there, right? Okay. <laughs> If something is, goes wrong, uh, that, that's his fault. So, but anyways, but we want to talk about uh, you know, for this ep- you know, for this episode, we just wanted to, to give folks that are new to embedded Linux some sort of grounding. You know, what is what is embedded Linux? We, why should you even care about embedded Linux to even start with? Um, I know there's a lot of different ways for you to do embedded work, and there's a, there are a lot of folks that we talk to that are along the lines of, well, what's different? For, you know, in Linux from embedded Linux for desktop. desktop yeah, there's not really a lot of difference. Uh, I don't think I don't. Well, the the, the barrier between the two is uh, kind of fading away. Although, uh, from a technology standpoint uh, and processes, definitely there is there is a huge difference still, right? Well, yeah. I mean, those are for the folks that are for for non eighty six, non x non x eighty six folks. Uh, and for x eighty six folks, I, they often look at embedded Linux and desktop Linux as, as the same thing, and it's really frustrating because. Uh, you know, for for us because we want to people know that embedded is a lot different, and and they get sort of down this development path, and then the well, then there's trouble because they have the root file system, a lot of other issues that they really don't think about for their embedded target. Right. Well, but at the end of the day, it's Linux, right? Whether you're on embedded or whether you're on a, on a desktop system, uh, from a programming standpoint, it it, it looks very alike. And uh, well, in both cases, you're dealing with the Linux kernel, you deal with the compiler, you deal with the root file system. Uh, the primary difference is that, uh, I guess, in embedded systems, uh, you face uh, architectural differences and perhaps some, well, definitely some differences in how you um, structure your application or what's 
probably more important to you, but um, there are a lot of similarities. And I think that today people are, um, well, they start to not to think necessarily in terms of, uh, hey, I work with embedded, uh, I work with desktop. Um, when you develop uh, a new project, nowadays you, you, you really focus uh, your energy on developing your application on the host machine without the concept of embedded target, and then you move to the embedded. Yeah, I see a lot of our customers doing that. And, and they still shoot themselves in the foot big time when they go down that path. And that's sort of the group. I agree with the concept because people think, well, embedded Linux, you know, POSIX environment, same kernel, same sort of thing. And they get in a situation where they've developed for, for their machine. They haven't really put thought into their target architecture. It, it's mind-blowing to them that they need a cross-compiler on x86 just to keep the library straight. Uh, and they, they sort of shoot themselves in the foot that way a little bit. I, I feel bad for them. I, I really do, because there's a lot of time that goes into putting things back in order. But then again, I do agree with your, uh, 100% with your assertion that the POSIX environment's the same. So, hey, if you don't have your ARM board around, you can still program the sockets and whatever else you need to do. Uh, and it'll pretty much com- it'll pretty much compile, uh, not all the time, but pretty much compile on your target board without that much effort. Uh, you just need to tra- track down your dependencies. Yeah, well, there are there are there are dif- differences, and uh, I guess the the primary difference is how you how you develop or, or put all those bits together, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, when you down to a phase of integrating the uh, the solution yeah. uh, for an embedded systems, well, that concept does not exist for for desktop users. Yeah. So um, and I guess that's that's what the whole development process yeah. uh, ideas are, are leading you towards mm-hmm. uh, and uh, but still today when you look at different projects that people are working on um, and uh, perhaps a bit from our experience as well the teams are very diverse you get a lot of um, engineers that are not necessarily embedded engineers, they do know Linux. Oh yeah. They do want to develop the, uh, using Linux. Their oh, yeah, managers want to develop for embedded system for the next project using mm-hmm. Linux. Um, and uh, well, those are the two strongest groups I would say. Yeah. Um, the, um, the introduction to embedded space would be uh, completely different for those two teams. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, and there is, the, I guess, there's and the other small group we have out there too, are folks who use other embedded systems, and they sort of have to go through a, uh, uh, I can close to my hands, cleansing phase, as they sort of give up some of their old habits um, and, and acquire some of the new ones with Linux, and, and deal with the frustration where things don't map from one into the other exactly. So why why do you think uh, people should care about embedded system? Well, I, you know, for if you look at a lot of the devices that are going out today. When you think about doing strict embedded work, you're talking about um, devices that are you know much smaller, much lower power, uh, and they're popping up more and more in terms of how people purchase computers, right? Uh, so the all-in-one computer devices are, are are becoming a big market, and the generalized PC is sort of being pushed towards the margin. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see a lot of embedded Linux devices now that you would never be able to put embedded Linux on uh, ten years ago, uh, strictly because of the power and that's that's now available. Uh, in the in the processor and the much lower memory pardon me the much lower memory cost rather yeah. associated yeah. 
Um, so you're seeing a much smaller, lower power device now being able to run Linux. It's well, the classic hardware curve. You yeah, know? much smaller, but yet far more powerful than the devices from five years ago. Yeah. Right? Uh, five years ago, to pull the Linux embedded Linux on a, on a, any device was just a very questionable task, yeah. and on many angles, business angle, uh, technical angle. Um, well, today you got all those new system on chip. Um, from various semi- semiconductor vendors that mm-hmm. are so powerful yeah. yet so small and uh, as you said along the lines of uh, uh, power consumption yeah. um, which is very important for embedded systems they, they, they are there so um, I agree with you that um, people do care about embedded Linux and, and that's the ever growing group of people I mean the number of projects in embedded space mm-hmm. is, is really picking up yeah, I know at the beginning when I first got involved in embedded Linux, I was talking to someone who did some aerospace work, and they said, we'd love to use Linux, but you know, it weighs too much. And I thought, well, what, 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 software is it? And the guy explained, it's like, well, you know, if you put the something capable of running Linux, you need to have a bigger battery, yeah. and you need to have something better for heat dissipation, right. and it needs more memory, so that weighs... So the board must be bigger, and so the carrier must be bigger, and, and that all that all adds weight into this little magic cruise thing we're making. Or well, I can't yeah. talk about, it, but for the project. So from his perspective, six or seven years ago, Linux was too heavy, yeah. and and it, and it introduced too much weight into his design. And I mean, now when you're looking at the chips we available for some of our partners like Atmel and some of the ARM-based chips, those are you know one chip, system on a chip. You can power them with very very low. Uh, uh, voltage, they have very low me- um, low power requirements, yeah. uh, and the memory now you can put on one SIM, or, or pardon me, you can have one one chip for memory. Yeah, uh, and and the very important bit of uh, the technology that has developed is Linux itself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, today, um, the, the the quality of a Linux kernel that is available for for those new processors is completely again completely different level than. Um, two four kernels, for example. Yeah, it is head and, and shoulders better. And uh, it's not just to you know uh, say that two four was very bad, but um, as far as um, the uh, the number of engineers and, and, and projects that start today based on a two six Linux kernel, it, it, it's really a difference of um, a, a huge difference, um, which which takes us back to. Um, business justification of why to go to Linux, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because that was the, I think, that was the, one of the primary fears of, of companies um, that were facing the choice a few years ago, whether Linux is ready for um, prime time, whether Linux is ready to be deployed in their projects. And uh, mm-hmm. at that time, uh, the business justification was, uh, well, uh, we don't know that technology that well. It, it's it's not very popular, not widely mm-hmm. used, and that has changed um, today. Yeah. Uh, from a business standpoint, at oh, least, yeah. um, a lot of companies uh, use Linux, mm-hmm. a- a- and uh, again, uh, Linux is probably the, the fastest um, growing OS in the in the industry. I mean, in terms of uh, number of projects that start. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason behind this is that people finally do see the, the value, do see the, the quality, which yes. is the most important, and, and support. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and then, too, I, I know with Linux, of course, customers probably know this too, but listeners, audience, but 
you know, the, you don't run into the royalty issues that you run across. And I know a lot of customers are, are looking at devices and thinking to themselves, hey, I think I'm going to do a lot better, you know, device-wise, mm-hmm. if, or, or a lot better, if, you know, financially, if I use something like Linux, because then I'm not paying a royalty per device. And that, that royalty really adds up if you're doing, like, a big consumer electronics run or something like that. It's just, you know, nearly, you know, really, really boosts the, the cost. And, and um, and on the flip side of it, just because there are a lot more people involved in Linux, that means there's a lot more people that are involved in uh, Linux development. So it's not an exotic thing yeah. anymore. It's not like getting a uh, like a VX Works engineer, which is you know it's a very specialized, hard to fill, hard to find, hard to recruit. Yeah. People don't want to get involved in that because they may perceive it as being dead end. Yeah. Um, and you really don't run across that with Linux. And um, I guess uh, a lot of projects out there that. Um started uh, months ago, years ago, uh, people on those projects had um, had been using different tools, different utilities to debug their hardware, to design their hardware. They had their processes in place, which um, for Linux then, um, in some cases, was, was really a challenge. Today, the, the number of tools, uh, JTAG debuggers, uh, IDEs, different plugins to uh, um, Tools like Eclipse, uh, well, just makes it so much easier. And, yeah, I um, agree. And, and people can really do magic. People can um, really enjoy Linux and uh, and play with the code. That that's what they always wanted to, right? And so I think that um, that's definitely there. So we want to talk about the other thing we wanted to talk about. We we did get a list of talking points. We don't if we don't cover the talking points that marketing gave us. We'd be in big trouble. But one of the things you do want to talk about is if you want to get started with if you want to get started with embedded Linux, what what do you have to do? What's involved? I, I know we have a couple webinars over the topic as well, but we do want to segue and just spend you know a couple minutes talking about what you need to do, uh, you know, what software you need. Yeah. Yeah, you did actually a very good job presenting a lot of those topics uh, during the webinar yeah. chain, and and I think that those are good source for people that want to also um, see some visual um, representation of uh, you know what we talk about. Um, there were slides that you were showing there, and there were talking points. So I think that this is fantastic oh, wow. source of uh, hey, you <laughs> yeah, sure it's. Uh, do you, do you want me to name price? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I know that. Yeah, I know there's some some. I know there's webinars that cover it, but just for our, for anyone that's listening uh, now, we want we just wanted to give them. A, I I was thinking, well, geez, you should probably give them a little bit of a synopsis, right? Like you need a you know you need a kernel from this guy, and you need a, a tool chain to get started, and you need to start a you know create a root file system for your users, and you need to somehow get it on the board. And those are like a couple topics where you know if you want to do something like let's say to today. Oh, it's just actually a, a, a maybe a, a use case for, for to explore that topic a bit more. Oh yeah, those are all the it's all the kids are doing that these days. So. Yeah, because if we're gonna go to uh, you know different angles, uh, different steps in the process, we can probably spend uh, a lot of hours here and bother everybody. Yeah, bore <laughs> them to death. For your, yeah. The first and only wait, webinar or what is this? No, this is a podcast. The first and only podcast. That, um, no, what do you want to talk about? We could use like one of the Atmel boards because those are fairly popular. A lot yeah, of people use those. Or you want to do like x86? Well, you pick. Um, let's go with uh, an Atmel card since that's uh, 
a true embedded processor, right? Yeah, I guess Compared so. To uh, x86, you don't have desktops running running on x86. Uh, well, I'm sorry, on, on ARM, at least not yet. No, not, not yet. <laughs> I'm sure that's disappointing them somewhere, right? Uh, yeah, perhaps. But um, let's talk about a project where you have to deploy a, a Linux kernel on a AppMel processor-based platform that um, is not exactly a reference platform from Atmel, but designed around the same concepts as, as the reference board. Okay. So you mean the, like the hardware designers yeah, that your well, company went through and lopped off from board everything, that every, all the devices that you weren't going to use? Right. So let's assume that uh, project name is uh, printer server. Okay. And you have to design your own hardware. You have to, uh, you know, that you, you're going to use uh, certain components uh, exactly the same as um, on on a reference board from Atmel, yeah. and you're going to use one of their chips. So you probably want to go get the kernel. I'd imagine. Yeah. You probably tell me I'm all wrong. I'm sure. Well, where do you get it from? Uh, Atmel. Past. You <laughs> know. No, that's good. I just said you passed it past. Oh, did I pass my test? I thought you said that was all in the past. I'm like, darn, I got that wrong. But anyway, so you're a kernel, right? And and at the same time, you got to go fetch your cross compiler. Yeah. Um, otherwise, well, yeah, you have a lot of trouble running it. Well, actually, I take that back. Um, you don't have to go to Apple for Linux kernel. You actually get the kernel through uh, Linux Link. Oh. And you can excuse- get it for free. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, uh, if you go to uh, uh, LLDM, Linux Link Developer Network uh, website, um, yeah. you can um, access a page dedicated to uh, a specific download that processor that, that, you're, that you're designing around, yeah. and just get your free access uh, to, that, to that portal. Yeah. What about the... T- so, you could, I don't think we do the toolchain the same way, right? Uh, For the kernel? Yeah, well, actually, we do provide toolchain and we do provide a root file system that comes with the kernel. Uh, we provide all the pieces that are needed for um, for a developer to bring up the Linux kernel on, on, on the platform, uh, well, on the reference platform. Uh, but the assumption there is that whoever is designing hardware, they do um, use a uh, one of the Apple reference boards yeah. as a uh, you know, reference. But, but let's just, just for entertainment. So... Um, uh, let's just say we don't want to go to lldn.timeshift.com, right? So let's say we want to tough it out. Everyone likes to tough it out at least once, right? Yeah. Uh, so to do that, you'd have to, you have to, I think that, well, you still probably have to come to us for the kernel, right? At, at a minimum, you have to visit lldn.timeshift.com for the kernel because I think Atmel doesn't directly. Well, so let's do it differently. Let's talk about uh, two scenarios. Let's talk about a scenario where you, I, on your own. I don't think I can remember two scenarios. No, I, <laughs> That's too many. Okay. Well, you're let's on one scenario. Getting getting the pieces from elsewhere, and then yeah. let's talk about how TimeSys can help uh, with that process. How about that? Oh. Well, okay. If you say so. Okay. You're, you're the boss. You would only uh, listen to me every single time I, I, I have an idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, as you said, if, if you're on your own and you designing the entire system on your own. Yeah. You do have your hardware. You go to um, open source community and search for different Linux components, right? You, you, you need probably Linux kernel to start with. Definitely, yeah. Uh, you need uh, some sort of a tool chain that you can cross-compile the, the, the Linux kernel. Yeah, with. yeah, yeah. 
and you do need um, some sort of remote file system. And you need bin utils in there too for the file chain. Right. Uh, so file chain for the tool chain. chain. Yeah, several, several packages there. Um, so what, um, how, how long do you think it would take for a person to um, gather all those pieces? Before? Ten minutes. Okay. No. Okay. To download them? No, to find them. Oh, to find them. Search, to find all the pieces, to, uh, be a- to be able to say that today I can boot my board with this version of the Linux kernel, I can rebuild it, and I can have such and such tools, libraries um, available to me in, in the root process. You know what? I actually tried that once. Yeah? Seriously, for the Atmel boards, because I, I figured, well, the, com- you know, Times is saying, blah, it saves you X amount of time, and I thought to myself, <laughs> yeah, right. How, how much time is it really? And I'm, holy cow, it took me, it took me like a week and a half on and off, frustrating crap to get all of the stuff I needed. Hey, interesting, because you're actually an experienced person. I mean, you, you, you know where to go and look. Yeah, for I kept files. telling myself I knew what I was doing, too. As I was no, no, but you know where to look for those files, right? <laughs> yeah. If, if you're in the shoes of the uh, developer that is yeah, new to Linux or doesn't know where to find those different pieces. Yeah. Well, the f- yeah, the funny thing was is that it wasn't downloading the files that was the hard part. So it's like, oh, yeah, I found the files, I downloaded them, and whatever, so I had like 10 tar balls of stuff. Building that tool chain was a killer. Oh, yeah. It was a total sure. killer. And, and I even used, there were several, several, you know, cross tool chain builder things. Yeah. Well, it worked. I, I had all matters of problems. Yeah, I heard that actually a lot from a lot of customers that uh, building a tool chain is, on its own, it's, it's, just, it's just horrible. Yeah. I mean, it's just going to uh, consume so much time and energy from uh, whoever was working on the project because... Let's let's face it. At that time, you're not even thinking about your project. You're just prepping your um, build environment. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't want to present it as a you know, but it, it, I eventually figured it out. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's just that I'm just not the sharpest knife in the drawer, or whatever. But it took me it, it took me a while. It really did. Uh, and uh, um, and it's one of those things that I, after I went through that exercise, uh, I feel so much more happier saying, "Well, I feel happier saying, gee, I don't have to do that again." Is is the <laughs> Every time I click that, I download our stuff, it's like, oh, I don't have to do that again. Yeah. And <laughs> because I got everything running on Linux. Yeah. Right? But I know that, you know, and I probably shouldn't be admitting this to the, in the what, is, what are we calling this, the uh, Linux Inc. radio with the Linux. But I do a lot of my work on Windows, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't even get into getting it to build on SIG1. Because uh, setting up a Canadian cross yeah. under uh, using any of the cross tool things is hard. Uh, and it doesn't work. And uh, and uh, and so if you have like if you want to develop Windows and Linux, you know, kind of switch back and forth between hosts. Because I do that, I do do that a lot. I do, I do admit that I, I NFS share one volume and I'll yeah. compile something. But getting a Canadian cross built, uh, no, uncharted territory for some of those things. Canadian what? <laughs> well, you know, that's supposed <laughs> no, no, to be. No, no. It's just that when you when you're in that space and, and you're looking for for tool chain. And then you think about Canadian Cross. It, it sounds so complicated. Right? Yeah. Well, it actually, is I had one of our the, the the building the tool chain is complicated, and the Canadian Cross because we had, we had some some here work my buddies worked uh, here, and he's from Canada, and I had to explain him you know, what the joke was behind Canadian Cross with the some some sort of parliamentary division thing. I couldn't understand that either. So, but yeah, both things are uh, that's supposed to be some real funny joke. Um, he thought it was funny. He gig- he giggled the whole time he was telling me. I, I didn't get any of it. 
I see put it without the code. Uh, so now that you have a tool chain, um, you can probably find a, a good kernel, a good starting point for development from um, uh, either either a um, an open source group somewhere yeah. or from a semi, uh, perhaps. Yeah. Um, or you can get one from Linux thing. Yeah. But um, uh, well, the challenge there is that the kernel that you find is not really the kernel that you can run out of the box on your on your target. And yep, that's that what I found. Given that you work with a custom hardware, that's usually never the case. But the the, the challenge there is, um, well, you have to leverage what you can find in the open source community with your knowledge and uh, ability to, to adjust that Linux kernel so that it runs on, on the card, right? And yeah. that's where I feel like a lot of um, companies, a lot of customers um, are challenged. Um, the um, Linux is still a bit of uh, that crazy thing that somebody has put together, right, and is, is trying to uh, uh, get it up and running on all platforms somewhere. Mm -hmm. But um, for a company to um, to get it adjusted to run on a, on a custom platform, what is it going to take? Oh, for that? You know, I, I, I wouldn't even, i put it this way, I wouldn't even guess. Yeah. I wouldn't even guess because, see, for my target, it was a lot different because I was fortunately working with one of the Atmel. Because I was, I was experienced. Yeah. So I was working with a reference board that was fairly well known. Um, but I, I'm sure that would take. Uh, well, I put it this way I knew that for me, that, that, didn't, that wasn't that much effort. Um, because I, at that point, once I had my kernel and my cross compiler, I could sort of pare things down. Right. And, uh, well, so. Usually, I guess, uh, engineers that are in a similar situation, uh, mm -hmm. well, in a, in a different situation, engineers that work on a custom platform, they look for somebody to um, guide them through this entire process, right? Yeah. Um, guide them through, hey, where do I change my kernel to adjust, well, let's say, memory map? Yeah. Because uh, that's where you usually start. What are the steps that I have to go through? How, how difficult is that going to be? How much time am I going to spend on trying to do that, right? Yeah. And um, I think that from a technical standpoint, um, that's that that well, varies from project to project, from engineer to engineer, mm -hmm. um, and um, that's where um, a lot of time is spent on projects. Oh yeah, um, that's where people usually spend weeks, months, even yeah. trying to uh, optimize the Linux kernel to really perform the way they want it. Yeah. And it was different for me. I mean, when I think about this, this little task I went through, it's like I knew what the right answer was. Like I knew where I should be, where the endpoint was. You know, I, I had some idea of what it was to be finished. Um, I couldn't. I, I know I couldn't imagine going through that not knowing. Yeah. It's, it's, so if you flip back to the the two scenarios, so you think I had no short term memory, but I, yeah. actually I wrote it on the on the whiteboard here, so I knew we had two. But if you think about that compared to what I did. So the other thing it is, I used our own product because, like I said, I don't believe anything marketing. Who believes what marketing does, right? So I used. I mean, seriously, you don't. They won't air that this episode if you continue talking like that. You think that'll clip me out? <laughs> I think so too. But anyway, so but the but so I used our own product, right? And I found that I, I found that I, I could just download. I downloaded a, a working tool chain. I downloaded a working kernel. I downloaded a working root file system. And then I started fiddling around with getting an application run on the board. And it really, it, it turned like, 
what I would consider easily, easily a week and a half. This is a week and a half by someone who knew what they were doing mm-hmm. into I don't know, 30 minutes of downloading. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, tar, XZ. Uh, and that was really it. I mean, it was, it was really great. Uh, and, I, and I was much happier that I could do things that way. Yeah, yeah and uh, well, I guess that one thing that you didn't leverage yet at Tamsis is um, the force of um, our engineering team. Um, and and uh, that, well, I'm here to assist um, our customers and, uh, um, well, you as well, in trying to adjust the Linux kernel if you were working, for example, yeah. on a custom platform. But the, the lucky, lucky you, you were working on the reference board. Mm-hmm. If you were adjusting the custom board, well, yeah. I, I was thinking, the other thing I, I just sort of point out is that you know, for all this work I was doing, if I ever had a problem, I could very easily, I could very easily just go and uh, and walk upstairs and ask someone who was smart, right? With, with the because I did get tech support <laughs> that way a lot, um, it's, instead of just me, and I was able to get help from them. And I'm thinking, you know, if you're doing you know custom work. And you didn't have that kind of resource. This is in my week and a half of not so happy time doing that. And you didn't have that that help. Uh, I'm sure it would have taken me much longer. Well, I, I don't think that it's as um, simple as just going upstairs, Jim. Because as you know, our our engineering uh, resources and people that uh, contribute to uh, uh, well discussion forums and, and, and answers to uh, to our customers and partners. They are spread all over the world. Therefore, um, using discussion forums would be the preferred way. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. That that is a, that, okay. Watch it. That is a good point. Um, uh, but I, I am close, and I, I am able to yeah, sit on I people's know that desks you pull and pull a lot of the guys out <laughs> and beg them for help. Why well, bribe them? I make nothing about it. But I bribe them with cookies and candy and popcorn and whatever it takes. Well, I, I think the, the they're, they're waving us saying, "Hey, you've gone over time." As usual. Yeah, so, sorry. So I I hope this was valuable, semi-valuable. And uh, we'll continue the topic to some extent next week. But, um, well, since we haven't even touched the topic of uh, the root file systems. Oh, yeah. uh, And that's on its own, can can probably take again. I like that. uh, That's a fun topic to talk. I I, I like the whole library thing, the whole dynamic link loader. I'm not going to let you go on this again. I love that. Let's let's keep it short. This There's time. craftsmanship yeah. there that I just don't oh. think it's. I just don't think you get to see too much. And it's, okay, well, never I'm mind. I'm gonna have to bring in next time some sort of uh, uh, restrained device for you. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you say so. <laughs> That's fine with me. So I figure we'll wrap it up uh, and we'll see you again. I'm not sure the the period is. I'm not sure we're going to do things on every one week or two weeks. Probably every two weeks. I I, I would imagine. Uh, uh, for the time they can get us lassoed in here to say something coherent for a little bit. So, again, let us know what you think. Uh, give us a holler. I'm sure wherever you downloaded this from, there's probably an email address saying, hey, talk to us if there's something you want us to cover. Thanks for uh, spending some time with us today. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by TimeSys. Check out our new site to get free code, discuss, and learn about embedded Linux development. Go to timesys.com today.